Welcome to Looking for the Ocean, where we watch everything Pixar has ever made and we talk about what it means to us. I am Mark Young. As always, I am joined by Danny Vincent, and today we are joined by a very, very special guest, Sam Moraski. Sam, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty swell. How are you guys doing? Well, Danny's sick. <laughs> I am dead. <laughs> I am also kind of dying, yes. Yes, we um, both got sick. At the mm. same spot, which is why it's okay for us to record together. <laughs> because otherwise, you know, we already have what the other person has. So, can't you get have a water worse. cooler behind you? That's a mirror. You have like a. That's not a mirror. It's um, it's like a message no, a board. No, a water cooler. There is no what? What are you talking about? A water. About? The there thing no... behind you in the closet. That's a mirror. That is That's a, a mirror. mirror. What's okay? Okay, now I see it. But what's in the mirror? Is there a water cooler it's in front of you? It's a cat tree. It's a cat tree. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> How are the cats doing? Um, the cats are good. One is to our right, just watching and observing, and the other one is Couldn't. probably causing a menace. Probably, yeah. most likely, somewhere. What are their names? Uh, their names are Ernie and Zucchini. And there he goes. Uh, yeah, Can I ask why one is a person and one is a zucchini? Um, Ernie came in a litter called the Cinema Cats, and his name was Ernest Hemingway, actually. So I thought Ernie was cute. Zucchini's name was Raggedy Andy. <laughs> um, which is just disrespectful on so many different levels, I felt like, to my cat. But, uh, yeah, I just thought the food... I just wanted a food named Cat, so... So, Sam, wait, I gotta wait, ask... Wait, 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 wait. How is Zucchini <coughs> not a name? When I was a kid, I read this book called Zucchini. And it was a name of a character in the book. It's actually the only thing I've ever stolen from a teacher. Is oh. Do you know book. anything else about the book? Yeah, it was about a ferret named Zucchini. A, a black-footed ferret named ferret. Zucchini who escaped the zoo at Central Park and became the pet of a kid. But since black-footed ferrets are, like, endangered, the kid had to give it back. So I didn't take the message of the book to heart because I stole the book and never returned it. <laughs> oh, my God. What grade was this? I feel like it had to have been third or fourth grade. I think fourth grade seems about right to me. I think it was something where we read it as a class. No, I think we read it as a class in third grade. And then I noticed my fourth grade teacher had a copy, so I just stole it. I'm going to have to do some research on this. I don't, I've don't. i never heard of this. It, it's not a very popular tale. book. It's kind of weird that we all read it, though. <laughs> or maybe it was like something where like the teacher read it to us aloud. Same time as like Chasing Vermeer or something. Or Mixed Up Files of Basil E. Frankweiler or whatever it was called. That was a good book. Well, that I, one was a classic. I have no idea what you're talking about. the kids' literature of the time. That was, no, I, that one's like a, okay, sorry, I got the title one. From the Mixed Up Files of Basil E. Frank Weiler. Oh, this yeah. This is from 1967. Sense. I recognize Jeez. it now. Yeah, it's about kids who go live in a museum. No, I've never heard of it. It's pretty cool. Never seen it in my life. It won the Newbery Award for Excellence in 1968. Sam, can I ask you a little bit about yourself? Because now I'm, I'm wondering if you went to Indy, if you were in Indiana like Danny was, where he was reading all these children's books, or if you were, are like from somewhere else. No, I am from the burbs of Chicago and Illinois. Grew up here and then went to college and came back to the city, and here I am. Ingrid well, Bergman played Basil E. Frankweiler in one of the movies, but the other one she was played by Lauren Bacall. Well, in any case, <laughs> Sam, uh, what's your connection to Pixar? I just like the movies. No crazy connection. You have to have a deeper connection than just uh, liking the movies. Why? 
because Honestly, these are these are, these are the movies that are the most gatekeeping movies in society. It's not like anyone grew up with these on their own. They had to be introduced to them. You had to learn learn up on the lore. And this is like very heavy, like sarcasm. I re I want you to know I really support you, Sam, because I feel like you do, and I'm kind of catching up on the lore myself in my Thank late you. life. And and I, I should say a lot of this podcast, if you're you know just listening this first episode, is a lot of us talking about how the movies of Pixar and where we were in our life kind of connect to each other. Did you see Toy Story? I feel like I saw Toy Story. How old are you again? I forget. I'm 26. So you're my... No, you didn't see Toy Story because you weren't born in 1995. You're my age. But maybe like an older Toy Story. Not okay, like well, when were you born? Seven, seven? 97. So maybe so you saw, saw two. Like, that was when you came out. What came out, out in two. like 2002, 2003? 2003 would have been Nemo. Okay. So Nemo was probably your first, do you think? Yeah, probably What do you think Nemo. Monsters, Inc. was? Because Monsters, Inc. could have been, is like late 2001. What's your favorite Pixar movie if it's not Monsters, You? Um, I love Ratatouille. One time in college, me and my best friend dressed up as the rat and the chef <laughs> from Ratatouille. And I was Linguini, and she was Remy. Did and you carry around your head? We, no, but we did carry around wooden spoons with us the whole entire night. And, yeah, it's just a classic movie. <laughs> it's great. Was it, I'm very was proud of Ratatouille. <laughs> Was that like an Edward Forty Hand situation where like you had to do something with the spoons before you could put them down? <laughs> what? Well, you just said you you made a point that you had to carry around these spoons all um, night. No, we just thought it was funny to carry around the spoons, but no, we should have done something. I I did smack a couple people. You should have you should have you should have brought like spices and been always been like. I'm the one getting fancy like with a, the spices. A spice belt. <laughs> getting fancy with the spices. We should get into the meat of the episode. I Mark, think. you forgot to yes. ask a question. Yeah, I don't put it in the doc, but it is I, in the doc. I'm literally looking at the doc. It's right there. It's for some reason we have some words bolded at the bottom, so now they're the most important thing in the doc. Everything else is like fallen to the background. Hey, Sam, what's the first thing you think of when you think about Pixar? We didn't do this question. This isn't the one Mark was going to ask you. This is a different question. What's the first thing I think about when I think about Pixar? Is it lamps? Yeah, probably the jumping lamps. <laughs> if you if someone says we're going to go see a Pixar movie, what do you think that's going to be like? Um, it's going to be fun. It's probably going to make me cry. I feel like most of them. We did see Elemental together. Make me cry at some point. Well, we saw it at work together. I to did be cry yeah. in Elemental, and I did laugh, and I did have fun. <laughs> I had fun it too. really just pulls they pull my heartstrings those movies they really they hit my have emotions you, <laughs> have you like always watched Pixar movies or has there been a time when you like stopped watching them no I feel like I've pretty consistently watched them I still like to go see them I was gonna say cause right now when we reach to the um I think we have reached the point Mark and we'll find us out more of our future guests always also too is at this point when we get these guests who like saw Monsters U when they came out Saw like um, trying to think of another one. Finding Dory when they came out. These are like now we're getting to the point where it's like these are when people got off the train if they were gonna get off. You know what I mean? Yeah. So well, that's kind of why I'm wondering because if like have you seen the Good Dinosaur, Sam? I have seen the Good Dinosaur. I um, so I actually worked at a movie theater, and it came out 
the year I worked there. So I saw like oh every. Oh my god! I you saw, worked there during Star Wars then. I did. I worked That's... on Star Wars opening day. It was. Did you get it to see it horrible. early? It was horrible. Um, I did. We did get an early showing ah. of it. Um, you yes. Have told everyone Han Solo died. No. In- <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was really fun. But I did see the good dinosaur. I remember crying in it I mean, like I, a I cried lot. Cried the good dino too. And my my ex at the time took a picture of me crying in the theater and called me a. He just called me a stupid name. Okay. <laughs> That's oh, just no. a different story. But it's funny. If it's not a bad story, it was just funny. That's my memory of the good dinosaur, though. <laughs> I'm actually intrigued by this because you are pretty well watched. Are there any Pixar movies you remember you really don't like? I wish that. Well, I... we we I can think of one maybe for you because we went to it last year with our job. Were you a pro Lightyear fan or were you anti Lightyear like most of us? Oh. <laughs> I was like, I wish you guys would give me a list of Pixar movies. I can open one up. That would be really nice. Oh, you can open them up. Yeah. (laughs) I'll open up my Pixar ranked letterbox list. But Buzz was a rough one. I Mm -hmm. did not love that one. That's for sure. Not another one I would watch again. I also loved Onward, and I feel like. That movie didn't get talked about a lot, but I, mean, I see you don't have it ranked that high. But I well, really like well, okay, that but movie. Onward I've only seen once, and the key thing about Onward is, and we'll get into this in our episode, like you know when we talk about when we, where we saw Onward. But Onward's also relevant to this pod episode because the director of Monsters U goes on to do Onward. Um, the thing about Onward is, I saw it. Well, I'm pretty sure I might have had like COVID because it came out the week before COVID. You know. Because I didn't get COVID at all that first year, which makes me think I'm one of those people who got it, like, in February before anyone knew, like, COVID was really here. Anyway, I saw Onward when I was really sick in a Dolby, and that's the only time I've ever seen it. Was I, It was, like, not my last movie I saw before COVID, but I did see it. Like, I think, it, if I remember right, I worked a field trip, and I got off at, like, four at that field trip, and then I went to go see Onward at five right after. Oh. But I cried. So yeah. It, it still made me cry. <laughs> so it's but. a winner. Well, so <laughs> she can see I've my rankings. A, <laughs> it's not a winner it, for Danny. <laughs> that's that's actually something that I've been thinking about as my view of what Pixar is has changed while I've done the podcast. It's like these movies will make you cry reliably. I feel like that's an important part of the brand is that no matter what you think about them, they've really figured out that that one part of the film. And I'm I don't know, it's kind of like freaking me out a little bit. We're, we're watching their formula evolve as we've been doing this project and now it's like oh man they're they're really good at this one thing and you know other things we don't love them, but. excuse me bless you thanks they are really good at it i feel like they get they just get better and better mm-hmm. wow so speaking of exactly. better and better did this you have you kept up with the recent ones for example have you seen slash heard about turning red I did see Turning Red. I saw it multiple times. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I remember the kid at our job who told me on spring break, like three weeks after it came out, he's like, I've already seen it nine times. <laughs> Were you like him? No, I didn't. No, but I saw it like like three times, like within like a month of it like coming out. Because like people kept not seeing it. And I was like, oh, I'll watch it again with you like so you can see it. Because I enjoyed it enough, but... And it has a pretty good soundtrack, too. I'm going to say it. I like the couple songs it gives you. Oh, well, you mm-hmm. should have done it for your camp song. I should have done it for my camp song. But yeah. that's not Disney. What? Yeah, it is. You I could do it a... to be 
You could do this. They literally had a kid against Guardians of the Galaxy. Too. You're right. So our job I did. I thought it just had to be like our job Disney. did Family Night like they do every year, and this year it was Disney themed, and my group did a melody of High School Musical two, Hannah Montana the movie, and Camp Rock. What did your group do again? Because I never actually saw because I was always doing with my kids um, sitting down. We did Shiny <laughs> from Moana. Yeah. So. <laughs> My point is, you could have done, you could have done a Turning Red song. Yeah, but I liked the, the Chinese good played. Too. I wanted something that was definitely not going to be taken. That's true. Well, we are here today to talk about Monsters University. Danny, you want to tell us a little bit about Monsters University? Monsters University, a groundbreaker because a groundbreaker. Pixar, yeah, Pixar's only prequel ever made. That's all. That's all you know, it's groundbreaking about it. Um, all right, we're here. It's the only movie you you'll think? ever see where they get like two men in their sixties playing college students, and they expect you to complete three men actually if you count Steve Buscemi. Um, if you can, if if you but, are inclined to count Steve Buscemi, who is for some reason optional, he's not the main character. Um, but he yeah, does have like uh, weirdly little screen time. But I mean, it's, I guess that's fine. I mean, my favorite cameo in this movie is um, George Sanderson, who I'll talk about maybe a bit. I don't know. I love George Sanderson in my Monsters, Inc. world. But yeah, Monsters U comes out in summer of tw- tw- uh, 2013. It did pretty it did pretty good. You know, the, the big thing, though, Wiki makes a big deal out of is how, you know, when Disney was going to buy, before they bought Pixar, they already had a Monsters, Inc. sequel in development, which is what's called Monsters, Inc. 2 Lost in Scaradice, which... To me, still sounds like a more interesting movie than what we got, but I also get that wasn't what Pixar wasn't working on it, and that was like about like you know they open Boo's door and Boo has moved, and it's like we're gonna have to search for Boo in the human world. They were lost in Scaradice, um, mm-hmm. and when Pixar's also like we're gonna make a prequel instead, uh, mm-hmm. set in college. But yeah, it's the seventh highest grossing film of 2013. It got generally good reviews. I believe it is the only film. Yeah, here's the here's the. It's a note. It's really funny when you have you know the accolades spot on Wikipedia, and they actually have a note above the like big table. And Monsters U is the first Pixar film not to be nominated for either an Oscar or a Golden Globe because Cars still managed the Golden Globe nomination, but Monsters U did not get a nomination for. And do you remember what won this year? No. Do you remember what won this year? It's a big one. It's a very big movie. What was the name? What is the year we're in? 2013. 2013. Well, that. Oh. Give me a clue. You know, you know, I actually don't know because I stopped paying attention to the Oscars after 2012, and I distinctly remember that. So I have no idea who won in 2013. I'll tell you this. Here's a hint. Here's a hint. Okay. It made a ton of money. It it, it was Same. a very big guess? movie. It's probably the biggest movie. Probably actually, if you think about it, this is probably the most influential computer animated movie that isn't Shrek or a Pixar movie up to this point. Trolls. That's a key hint. Frozen. It's not Shrek. It is Frozen. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is Frozen. Yeah, this is the year Frozen ones. Which is also why Disney did, probably didn't care about not getting nominations because Frozen was sweeping everywhere. You know? Yeah. Yeah, Frozen was. I think mean, I saw Frozen three or four times in theaters. It was a big deal. I saw it a couple times for mm-hmm. sure. I should see it again. It's in theaters right now. Did they re-release it as part of that the, Disney the hundred years of thing? Disney? Yeah, thing. Oh. Yeah, but this week is beating weekend is beating the beast, which is a much bigger like. Oh my god, beating the beast is in theaters again. I guess should go see it again. I love beating the beast. I didn't know that either. I should be looking at what the theaters are playing. <laughs> They're playing Barbie. <laughs> well, that's true. 
Can I actually bounce back a minute now that we're talking about things in theaters? Sam, I've always wondered what it was like to like work in a movie theater. Do you like, can you fill us in? You clean, spit in the popcorn clean up like. no guys clean up your trash please take your trash out with you that's all i just please take your trash out cleaning theaters was the worst thing in my entire world like people just like i feel like purposely people just like spilled giant buckets just what, so i have what do, to what do you think about up. those like viral tweets that are like and mark and i don't mark doesn't like me talking about tweets because <laughs> they're not real they're well, just, I do, they're just like made up well, stories I mean, is, to get this your This angry. is like blatant. This is something that's blatantly not true, but it is a tweet I've seen where someone like once tweeted and it got like so much engagement, like so many quote tweets, so many likes, so many replies. Where it was like, "Hey, yo, just so you know, always leave your mess at your seat so they can clean it up easier." Or I've also seen where it's like it's all. They always prefer if you dump your popcorn on the ground because it's easier to sleep it up. That's what I'm it. like. Oh my god, people are doing it on purpose. I swear to God. I swear to God. But other than that, the perks of working in a movie theater are like they they kind of outweigh it. Like I loved getting to see movies just all the time. Caveat to that, I transferred theaters and I worked at a very old fashioned one where like they didn't was it have by like us or is it No, it was downstate when I went to oh, yeah. college, but they oh. didn't have like the electric boxes above the theaters, that's how you so I had to climb up a ladder and switch out the the things. Oh, I used night. to love those. And I would though. have to walk down to all the theaters, climb on my ladder, climb down to every like Mom. all fifteen theaters. I'd have to do this. Every Thursday, it was horrible. My aunt's theater still does that. Like, not the one, like, the one who lives in Ohio. They still do that at their theater, and I kind of love it, because it's like, when did we see there last year? We saw Glass Onion there last year, and they just, like, they didn't get one for Glass Onion because it was Netflix, so they just had, like, a cardboard, like, thing that just said Glass Onion on it. They just, <laughs> they just put it in. And it was, like, next to, like, the actual, like, movies. Like, the, it was, like, across from, like, a very fancy Black Panther one. It's just Glass Onion on a sheet of paper. They should get they like a do. team to do that thing they do in grocery stores where they like draw on the windows with like marker if Glass Onion is playing or not. <laughs> but I gotta ask, Monsters University, oh, overshadowed by Frozen, what else? I mean, I think in general it's a little overshadowed also in 2013 by the biggest movie of the summer. <coughs> Maybe it's not the, I should actually double cross check my if it's the biggest movie, but I feel like it was, was Despicable Me 2, oh. which is not a movie I like because I hate the minions. But it was the movie that, you know, this is something that actually we're going to see a lot now is that like Pixar will release their movie in June and Illumination will put their movie out in early July. And it will always be like, these are the movies. These are the two big summer movies like those two. We saw last year with Minions and um, what's it? Lightyear Ooh. or um, what was it? Well, this year the Illumination put out Mario in April, which was a good call for them. Anyway, they made a ton of money. Um but, like, we'll see it next year, too, with um, Inside Out 2 and then Despicable Me 4. I actually did not know there was going to be an Inside Out 2. Well, it's not going to be good. They have not paid Bill Hader or Mindy Kaling to return. Oh. Which, to me, means, like, you couldn't you couldn't spend the money on them? Come on. Like, what are, we, yeah. what are you talking about, Disney? They're taking out... Hmm. Are they just going to take out the characters then, or...? Or they'll replace them with cheap uh, voice actors. But either way, it's like... Why wouldn't you pay for them? Like, yeah, you know, like you did the first time. You signed up for it. Yeah. Well, are they? They're not different voices when they're inside different people's heads, are they? It's inside Riley's head, though. They've said that this one's oh. taking place in Riley's head. 
But she's gonna have new emotions because she's older and she get new emotions when you're older even though we saw the parents in the first movie who had all the exact same emotions she had. So it's gotta, you know, it makes a lot of sense. It's your point. It's your point. Maybe they, like, exile the emotions once they get past, like... Yeah, maybe they're, like, dormant, you know? Even though, you know, we go inside a teenager's head in the credits of Inside Out, and (laughs) he has all the same emotions. Yeah. Well, Monsters You. Speaking of inconsistent (laughs) sequels. Inconsistent world building. I don't know. I actually... Yes and no. I feel like I am pro-Monsters You in the same way that you are pro-Cars 2. Like... Let's all just hang out, man. Maybe maybe before we get into it, now we can talk about, like, when we first watched it. And right. for me, it was just over there on my bed about a week ago, and it wasn't very exciting. But, like, do you guys have any fun tales about your first experiences with Monsters U? Wait, no. sorry. The first time you ever saw this movie was last week? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's something that's, that's regular. That's how I do it. Yeah. It was also his first time we saw Cars 2. Could you believe that? It took them so long to see Cars 2. And Mark's going out there and go like, had Danny, you, you s- told me I wasn't allowed to watch it. Had you seen Cars 3? I still haven't seen Cars 3. You're allowed to oh. see Cars 3. I'm not going to keep you from well, Cars 3, like, but you're going to hate revisiting it. If he had it. seen Cars 1 and Cars 3, but not Cars 2, that would have been something. Well, Cars 2... Mm-hmm. Never mind. I'm not going to go down the Cars tangent. <laughs> I don't remember like my Shit first time. I don't know. I couldn't tell you guys. I'm sorry. When was the okay? What is the <laughs> earliest? Like, cause I'm you, sure you gave it. me such you gave me such a fuss for not having watched it until now. It's... It didn't even make an impression. <laughs> I feel like what? oh, I don't. I, feel I like can I'm... give you multiple stories of where I was when I saw Monster Two. I had to have seen. It. I had to have seen it in theaters. I had to have gone to the theaters to watch it. I'm confident that I did. I don't know who I went with, but I remember being like, yeah, it was a cute movie. All right. Y'all ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. So the first time I saw Monsters U was on June 20th, 2013. (laughs) The only reason I know that is because I have the Wikipedia page with the poster that says it comes out June 21st. And I know I saw it the Thursday night before because on June 21st, we were going to go to Cedar Point. Those of my aunts who always take us to the movies, they're like, what should we see? We saw, oh, Monsters U has like a preview showing at seven. Let's just go see Monsters U. Because, you know, we saw the first one. So, however many years ago, because I guess in 2013, it's June, so I was 17, I guess, when this movie comes out. Yeah, so I was I was not a young person. Uh, but I was like 17 when this came out. So we went to go see it, and then we went to Cedar Point the next day. We are all a little mid on it, um, but we were still like, yeah, it was all right. You know, first one was better. That was basically the whole thing. It was like, first one was better. Then I saw it again a couple weeks later. At the drive-in. Actually, I think it might have been just the following Friday. Because I remember I, we saw Monsters U with Man of Steel. Which means it couldn't have been that much later because Man of Steel came out before this. Um, I did that with friends. Still thought it was okay. Um, pretty sure I saw it again on DVD. Uh, with my dad, who wasn't with us at the time we saw it. We still thought it, I still thought it was okay. Then I saw it. See, I'm listening to all the... Because you couldn't remember any. I'm listening every single time I've seen this movie. Then the first summer I worked with kids, <laughs> we showed it to the kids as a rainy day movie. It was fine. <laughs> you know, I saw it. With the, I got paid to watch it, so that's always nice. It's always unless better. it's unless it's like the Emoji Movie or Wreck It Ralph Two, in which case I'm just like, please find a different movie. I'm tired of watching these two. Also, the Mendicumberbatch Grinch movie falls under that too. 
But then I did actually notice, because I had told Mark before, and I wanted to give this movie a clear thought because I never reviewed it in a letterbox. That was a lie. Turns out I did watch this like a week before Onward came out. In which case, I have a review on Letterboxd for that. And that was just me wanting to watch it because I was like, oh yeah, this is the director of Onward's doing this. And I haven't seen this since I watched it with that camp job that like was my first camp job in Indiana. So I guess I've seen it about five times before and this would be my sixth time. But mm. I also, How was it the sixth time? Um, you think, The thing about Monsters U is... It's a major... It basically always, like, leans back and forth between, like, the C plus to B range to me. And this time it fell, like, higher B minus, if that makes sense. Yeah, we'll get into it. I think this is a movie that has a pretty good beginning, a very, very decent middle, and then a fantastic ending. And I was talking about this with someone. I don't remember who. Maybe it was you. Maybe it was someone else. I feel like it was someone in my real life. That's why I'm like, I don't know who I was saying this to. I think it was someone who's not, like, really in the movies, but it was, like, what makes a movie stick with you is the ending. And that's what I was saying. Like, that's what Top Gun Maverick... I was talking to someone, like, this is why Top Gun Maverick did so well last year. I was talking to someone about this new movie that just came out called Talk To Me, which I was a little disappointed by because I thought the ending was so bad. And the thing I said was, like, Top Gun Maverick had a brilliant ending, but the before it kind of got, got boring pits before then. Uh, and I mentioned also the first Avengers movie is something like that, where it's, like... First Avengers movie has the entire hour on the helicarrier. It's kind of like whatever. But then it has the ending in New York, which is like so entertaining that you forget about it. And I feel like Monsters U, though, even though the ending is good, it is about 15 to 20 minutes long, whereas the middle section of the movie is so long in comparison, I can't fully forgive it for that. But I do love the last like 20, 25 minutes of this movie. I think it's the justification for it existing. And I also think the movie gets better the less or you compare it to, like, the further away you watch from the original Monsters, Inc., I think the movie is better. I think anytime you try to reconcile this movie with the first one, that's when the movie starts falling apart. Because I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's, like, Cars 2 at all, actually. When he made that comparison, I felt that was so weird. Because the thing about Cars 2 is, Cars 2 takes the world set up in Cars 1 and then takes it to such, like, a logical extreme where I'm like, okay, this is the world of Cars 1, but it's so much more exaggerated. Whereas Monsters U takes the really well-thought-out world of the first one and basically discards it for a basic college parody, which is why I find it a little disappointing. That's my uh, MU rant, or the issue of MU. Well, perhaps. I went to college. (laughs) I went to university. (laughs) I know what it'd be like. It wasn't like that. (laughs) I never got kicked out of the scare program, I'll tell you that. That part was, like, very relatable to me. <laughs> Not like I got kicked out. But, I mean, we both, like, transferred in the middle. So, I don't know. I mean, I felt a little bit of that, you know. Watching it, you're like, yeah, you come back the next semester and it's, like, all different. Well, I gave my basic thought on the movie. What did you guys think of it? I just wanted to, like, give a pause there just in case you wanted to, like... Talk about my sh- schooling? I'll get well, to it at some know, point. Totally <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway... I wonder Sam. what you guys follow the movie first. This is such a, this is another thing. Like, <laughs> Sam, I hope you're ready to get, like, I don't want to be, like, get unguarded, because I feel like you already are, but you need to be, like, ready to, like, we're going to probably tell college stories in this episode. There's no way to do a Monsters U episode about telling college stories. And you already did. You already told us about your Ratatouille costume. Okay, yeah, I'm ready. And your college job. You don't, well, you also don't have to reveal anything you don't want to. <laughs> All I, right, Sam. I really, was having a, I really was having a conversation with Danny there. Where I was like, do you remember when you and I both 
transferred from the film to the theater program and then you kind of you didn't because you still have a minor in film but i was like you and me both have a tale to tell uh we and do it was like but i want to know your thoughts on the movie first and i'm sure we'll get back to this point that's the whole well, thing is, right. i want you guys to reveal your cards i want to know where you're at <laughs> i all right <laughs> sorry i keep no budding this episode and really being a bad co-host no no it's fine <laughs> i'm just i should i should yes and this I, well, I kind of already said it. I'm. I feel pro Monsters U, but like it's very minimal pro for me. Like I think that I just. It's very much the same reason I like like Ratatouille, even though Ratatouille is altogether a better movie. I really just like the aesthetic of Monsters U. This is coming after Sam. We just did an episode on this short that was a display of like the advancements in rendering the umbrella short and that was in front of this movie yes the red and the yeah. blue one they fall yes yes they have faces yes but we talked about that last episode and so it's nice to see like everything looks pretty in this movie and that goes a long way for me honestly and i'm also not a huge fan of monsters you so my take is a little bit colored from you that. monsters inc you're not a big fan of monsters inc yeah i'm not a big fan of monsters inc and I, I don't know. I'm pretty <laughs> like. Takes. I think people are more mad at you about that one than the Toy Story three. Not liking. I don't even remember why all the reasons people are mad at me on the show anymore. <laughs> but I. I'm think, not gonna get mad. <laughs> well, you don't know my takes, Sam. <laughs> you don't know yet. <laughs> Mark, Mark will take it as a challenge. Mark, we like, all right. Let me find a bad take here. We have we have like two or three people that like like binged all of the episodes and then told us what they thought of both of us. I did I ever tell you? Which I actually don't think really I mentioned this to you. Gosh. I got multiple people no, complaining I mean, I, like, about that's, your fast you want and furious people to do takes. That. People were like, "What are you talking of?" Like someone was like, "I was driving my brother when he said that Fast and Furious Four was better than Mission Impossible 4. My brother screamed, "What? Turn this off!" <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, as long as they're listening to our podcast, I don't care what outrage I cause. Wow, alright, we're getting into that market. Alright, we gotta get some more clickbait thumbnails. Let's talk about Rachel Zegler for... No, I'm kidding. Let's, I will date this episode. Yeah, I, I kind of think that's like... I don't know, it's hard to like make clickbait. I feel like you have to talk to the right people. Like, who knows? I don't even know what you're talking about with Rachel Zegler, and I don't want you to tell me, or anyone... But like, well, I actually, don't know. though, okay, I won't say anything. But I was so surprised about the Rachel Zegler thing because it was something that I was brought up with at work during my break on the day that you were on uh, vacation last um, week. So some like a normal, like a normal person, not online, brought this up to me, and they're like, "So what do you think about Rachel Zegler running her mouth?" And I was like, "What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Who's? I don't know. I'm look, no, you can't drag me fucking into this." This is exactly what I hate. Well, I'm also, just saying, though, this is something someone actually said to me. I was so surprised. I'm like, what are you talking about? This, I'm, talking, I'm used to, like, people, guy. like, tweeting, like, like this is coming up on my Twitter feed, but, like, not, like, someone actually saying to me. In like, real life. Like, Give me your hot take. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of, and I don't know... It's, well, I just listened to the But now you can put her in the thumbnail. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> Alright, layer four of, like, 11. Finally. I don't know. I Jack Nicholson apologist over here. 
I'm coming off your I Danny has an excellent podcast called The Snub Club where he watches classic movies that didn't win Oscars and I really enjoy listening to it. I wa- I listen to the episodes as soon as they come out. And I cannot believe that Danny is bringing this much hate into our podcast <laughs> after he he would hear no bad words about Jack Nicholson. I would hear no bad words about Jack pieces. Nicholson. Jack Nicholson is an icon. This is this is evil. <laughs> What are we talking about? Oh, what do you think of Monsters You? Oh, yeah. Um, I remember that. Oh, that movie. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> can I ask I, you when? Wait, wait. What, can what, I ask you, you one quick question, then we can put this this topic back? Yeah. Do you know who Rachel Zegler is? No. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. My, that's Good. Like, then you are no free. <laughs> I want to ask okay. you, though, when was... So you've watched, it sounds like, at least... When, what, when did you watch it for this episode, though? Like, when did you know you'd be coming on, so you, like, rewatched it? I watched it on Sunday, but I kind of, like, half watched... Which is yesterday, to the listeners. Oh, my gosh. They're, they're not going to know when this... They're not going to know when this It feels like is. a... It feels... It didn't feel like yesterday to me. That's why I said Sunday. <laughs> it feels like a lifetime ago. Um, It didn't, like... It just didn't captivate me this time when I watched it. I don't know. So maybe take that for something, because maybe the more you watch it, you said it's fine every time you watch it, but I liked a couple parts. It did intrigue me. Like you said, the middle, really. It's a great middle. There's a lot of action. That's not what I said. Oh. I said the middle was when I got bored. Oh. That's when I pulled out you my phone. You said there's a decent middle. Well, you I said it's got. Long, I said, but there's I said, a lot of action I said going on. said it's a on. good beginning, a decent middle, and a fantastic end. Decent's the worst of those three adjectives. I like all the action that goes on in the middle. That's what keeps me all, like, captivated. But I liked the end. I like all the little, like... The fur? The, the things the where they, like, give you something from the old movie. The tink- the oh. member berries, the the little snippets Easter they give eggs? you of just like. You I mean like like when the no I think I know what you're talking about like when they go to Monsters Inc like in the middle and they play the music from the first Monsters yeah you know, or like, like at like the that. end where you see like the lady you know who yeah on the on the locker the I'm Celia, watching Celia. you lady oh no 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 okay yeah yeah her which too. speaking of I would love to hear everyone's impression of her yeah good idea have Danny do impressions <laughs> when he lost his voice that's a that's a fantastic idea. Now's the perfect time. I feel that's, like that's you just feel like Harvey Harvey. Getting the register better. I'm watching you, Wazowski. I'm always watching. Always watching. Why did you do like British? Oh, was it British? I'm watching you, Wazowski. Always watching. That's good. Thank right. you. I actually, I'm casted in the movie. Thank you. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it. It was like your oh name is gosh. your name's Bob Peterson, right? Oh, my, oh yeah, that's my yeah. Your name identity. is Bob yeah, Peterson. That's right, everyone. All right. You also played Doug on from the up. podcast. Squirrel. Squirrel. This is a fun like one, guys. You, None of us are drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're bringing that college energy to this. This yeah. is like we're at a wild party <laughs> right now. Yeah. Okay. So, MU. What, what were you going to bring up earlier that I shut down? Mark? Oh, I don't remember. I <laughs> okay. think I was... Well, I was just talking about how it's kind of a whatever movie. And so here's, here's my feeling, because I actually watched it twice. But l- like you, Sam, my most recent watch was kind of like half watching it. 
I watched it for the first time, I think, after we recorded the last episode. So that was like a week ago. And then that's not true. I was just because at the end of the last episode, you go, I just finished Monsters You, and it was actually pretty good. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't remember what has happened. <laughs> But I watched it before I was coming on here, and I was kind of like making dinner and doing other things. And I was also like, eh, I'm able to step away from this. There's not a whole lot that's like pulling me back in. I think this this movie gets better. Not just like you said, Danny, that the ending is such a standout from the rest of the movie, although I do like the ending. I think that as soon as Sully shows up, the movie really like gets exciting for me. I and like the um, I like the prologue though. That's what I was more thinking. Like when I'm saying I like the beginning, I like the prologue when Mike's a kid. I like oh, that part. I don't like the prologue. Let's start. Oh my gosh, break the tide. Do you like Baby Mike? Baby Mike's pretty cute. Baby pretty Mike cu- is the OG Baby Yoda. Think about that. Why doesn't Billy Crystal voice him? What like, you want Billy not? Crystal to be like? Like chipmunked and be like, yes. Hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> like, I don't even. How you I doing? <laughs> I truly like. I wonder what it means when you have a child actor playing this guy who becomes Billy Crystal. I think like, it's not a joke. He's a very good voice actor, but I'm like, if Billy Crystal did that, then it would be like, that's Billy Crystal, but they chipmunked him. Well, have you seen? I know you haven't. I'm going to point it out right now. And I don't think you saw it either, but Guardians of the Galaxy 3. In Guardians of the Galaxy 3, there's Baby Rocket, which I'm sure everyone knows from the marketing. First scene, he's voiced by some random actor. I don't freaking know. Um, like a kid. It's like He's voiced by like a kid in the first scene. But all his only line is, Hurts! Hurts! And that's the only line. This, I think I'm some kid to just yell, Hurts! Hurts! It's on microphone. I put it in the movie. Like, doesn't uh, that cost more than just paying the actor? Well, no, well, it was, like... the thing was, though, is for most of his scenes, um, Baby, well, Young Rocket is voiced by Sean Gunn, who voice, plays Craglin and is the on-set Rocket, um, which I think is really interesting because he's also a 40-year-old man, but apparently Bradley Cooper just could not get to a reasonable child register. <laughs> and so they just like, we'll just have Sean do it. I just think that's really interesting. <laughs> but they do have, by the way, point is, though, like, what I was going to get to is they do have Bradley Cooper do the last scene as Baby Rocket, which is the most important scene because it's the one where it's like, this is actually how Rocket Raccoon became a jerk. So you have to have Bradley Cooper do that for that emotional connection. But all this to say is, I don't, I think the kid's fine. I don't think the kid who's playing Mike here is, it's not like the, it's not like getting Sean Gunn to play the kid, right? It's not like they're like, Ah, Billy, you can't get there. We'll have the we'll have Bob do it. We'll have Bob Peterson do it. Well, no, I don't think he should get there. I think that in Guardians, like you're describing, it clearly means something to... I haven't seen Guardians 3, and all I know about it is that they get into a car at some point it's in the, the movie. It's the only F-bomb in the MCU. This is a show you're wow. allowed to say fuck, by the way, but in this contest, I think saying F-bomb is actually more relevant. <laughs> well... Anyway, I, I don't know anything about this movie, but it sounds like from what you described, it's really meaningful when Bradley Cooper finally speaks and it's like, oh yeah, Rocket is here. But like, if this is, oh, or maybe not. I, you don't know. Is he the evil? Is, no, because here's the thing. is because the marketing for this movie had said, and granted, I understand that most people go to these movies not knowing what the marketing and the junkets are saying, but the marketing had said Sean Gunn voices Baby Rocket. Mm. Like, that's it. So, 
when when I saw it for the first time and I got to that scene, I was like, dang, Sean Gunn's doing a really good Bradley Cooper impression. And it was only after I saw it, I was like, no, Bradley Cooper voiced that last scene. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that makes more sense. Um, the transition is actually kind of seamless in a way, which is honestly kind of the ideal way to do it. You would rather not, like, you would rather be more invested in Rocket as a character, not being like, oh, who's playing Rocket right now, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't think it is a big moment, necessarily, except for the fact that when you leave the movie, you're like, why were people praising Bradley Cooper for his performance? That the best scene was with Baby Rocket. And it's like, oh, it's a scene where Bradley Cooper played in Baby Rocket. That's that's why. <laughs> but but yeah. the, it would have been funny if Billy Crystal had played Baby Mike. That's what I'm saying. I could see that. I can agree I mean, with I mean it's already funny to me that... I, I'll be real. It's already really funny to me that Billy Crystal is voicing someone who's supposed to be, like, 18. <laughs> that inherently is very funny to me. Just like it's inherently super funny that John Goodman is playing someone who's 18. And Steve Buscemi... I think Steve Buscemi's actually doing the best job you're trying to sound younger. But it's funny, because he still is like, how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> like, that, that. Well, it's it's funny, because when he comes on, he's the first guy that I notice is doing a younger voice, and then I'm like, oh, I don't know. For some reason, I just accept that Billy Crystal has always been the voice of Mike, so he's just always sounded the same. And I, I don't know, I feel like there's something there to explore about his character if he's not only outgoing as a child, but if he sounds like Billy Crystal... That's pretty weird, right? He that would make him an outcast. I mean, yeah, I think that's probably why they don't have it. I think it's <laughs> It'd be scary. I think well, that I, would make him scary. <laughs> <laughs> it's like doesn't imagine the entire plot of the movie is he is the scariest kid in school, but then when everyone else's voice changes and his doesn't, it's like he's just normal. Oh, all right. Uh, well, the like... scary the thing that made you scary was. In fact, what, what, imagine if this movie just acknowledged that, like, he sounds like a 65-year-old man, and, like, that's what was terrifying about him. <laughs> I don't know. We, we're so accultured to that through things like Grease, you know? I also, like, I actually do think, I don't actually, it sounds like we're bag. it sounds like I'm bagging on Billy Crystal and Joe. I actually think they do a very good job in this movie. Um, I think, yeah, I think they do a great, I think I think that I think like, the scene so nice. that... We'll eventually talk a lot about in the third act. They're both like acting their asses off, like yeah. they're both so good. But I also I don't know. I I think I think once you have Kid Mike being played by Billy Crystal, mm -hmm. that might be like a bridge too far. <laughs> That's just me. I think it might be a bridge too far. Well, all right. The next <laughs> I thing. Did you like John Krasinski? I'm about I'm about I'm getting I'm we're gonna we're talk about John, him. We're gonna get the John Krasinski. Okay. I'm gonna be yeah. real, guys. I don't know who played who. Well, Billy Crystal is Mike Wazowski. Who's? I didn't even know John Krasinski was in the movie though. Oh, we're gonna get to him. He's he is a bit of a surprise of a character. <laughs> yeah, I don't well, think Mark wants to talk about John Krasinski right now. Oh, so okay. yeah, I mean, you remember when they go to Monsters Inc. in the very first scene on the field trip, and then they meet the Scarer monster who has yeah. the hat. That's John Krasinski. But you need to remember, this is like Office era John Krasinski. By that I mean, it's like he's only known for being on The Office right now. Now I feel like I have to rewatch it and just pay attention just to I mean, that just part. Just the opening scene. You don't <laughs> just to John Krasinski. You don't need to watch the whole thing. Well, my beef is not with John Krasinski. I have feelings about that moment because, I don't know, I've seen it <coughs> twice now, maybe more like one and a half times, and it's just so weird to me that they're walking through this place and then he comes up to these kids and he's like, 
Hey kids, you're having a field trip? Well, that's great. And you know how I got to be such a great scarer? It's because I went to Monsters University. And then he has the hat. And I think that's ridiculous. Well, Mark, I have a question for you. When was um, the last time you went on a field trip with eight-year-olds? Does this happen all the time? Let me tell you. Uh, I think the last time we went on a field trip with eight-year-olds was about three weeks, three three or four days ago. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that is a little weird. I'm (laughs) I'm just giving you shit. Even on field trips, that's never happened to me. (laughs) I think what... Yeah, no, I would agree. I I think him saying... Okay. I think this whole the whole problem here, and this is like this is, this is gonna be like Danny like going like stickler like annoying kind of thing. I think the issue here is that the movie is titled Monsters U, and ergo I feel like Monsters University because mon- it's like imagine you went to a place called Human University, right? That doesn't make much sense. I feel like, um, ergo I have to assume Monsters Inc. and Monsters U are affiliated with each other. And that's why, the, to me, the whole thing doesn't really... Like, I know it's like a silly thing to be like, this is the problem with the movie, is that branding forced them to title the movie Monsters University rather than, like, Scare EDU or something like that. Mm. But... But it couldn't be Scare EDU because they offer other courses. I gotta tell you about a little movie that I just recently rewatched last night, actually. Called was it Human there, No, no, it was called There Will Be Blood. Oh, and, was there blood? Well, there was, there was more, there was more blood than I remember, actually. I don't want to make a whole... I could go on and on about this, but I was thinking about that on the rewatch of Monsters U, how in every... <laughs> there will be blood. Have you... Do you know, wait, wait, Sam, I'm sorry. Do you, have you seen There Will Be Blood? No. I don't think okay. you like it. Okay. Well, I'm not going to like talk too much about this movie, but in every scene, you are kind of thrown into things, but you understand the relationships of the characters, and then at some point in the middle, they like say their names or something, and then you're like, oh, that's right. This is a, like, a negotiation that I'm thrown in the middle of. But you already know it's a negotiation because of the way they're talking and the way the blocking happens and everything. And I think that that first scene is really weird because John Krasinski's character really does just come out of nowhere and gives him the hat. But then afterward, that other monster comes up behind John Krasinski and is like, No, monsters, you sucks. Fear tech is better. And then John Krasinski's like, oh, okay. And I just wonder, like, is that not something that could have been, like, planted as they were walking in? Like, oh, I'm going to get a higher score than you. Like, oh, look at these kids. Kid, what's your favorite college? And there's like, Monsters, he's like, yeah, go to hell. And then that's how they, like... Go to human world. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's how they're talking to them. And it's like they have this beef with each other. But John Krasinski just comes up out of nowhere, and he's like, hello, children. I see you're on a field trip. Have you heard about Monsters University? Well, maybe it is affiliated with Monsters, Inc., which would be the logical thing that's never said in this movie. But I'm just saying, if you, your name of your company is Monsters, Inc., again, this goes back to the Monsters, Inc. episode where it's like, why is it called Monsters, Inc. when it's Humans, Inc.? And the answer is, is be, like, there's no such thing as Humans, Inc. But the answer is, of course, Monsters, Inc. was not planned to be, like, a big franchise thing. And ergo, just saying Monsters, Inc. to me means, oh, okay, it's like... Because, you know, at the end of Monsters, Inc., when, like, the humans... Uh, no, when, like, the factory gets shut down because of water and he's getting... Um, they're like, this is going to kill... Like, this is like they, like, have a monopoly, right? That's what the Monsters, Inc. world sets up, in a way. Like, the, that movie in and of itself says, the Monsters, Inc. shuts down, all the Monster World is doomed, basically. Whereas this is like, well, Monsters, U is one of many schools you can go to. You can also go to Fear Tech... 
And there's a couple other ones in the credits I don't remember. But I I I don't know. I, I think it's one of those things also where we, we I might I might be this is me. I think I might be stickling too hard on this like why is it called Monster G? Why is it called Monster G? Blah blah blah. Like cause I don't know. I was more saying I like the opening scene because I like how it comes back at the end. Well, I mean, there's here's how I see it. There's a company that makes jackets called Columbia, and there's a school called Columbia. But you don't think that like it's I you know shuttling. What? Oh well, <laughs> you you do think that when you're a kid. <laughs> but like I don't know, that just wasn't uh, that just wasn't a block for me. I want to support you because I do, I, as someone who doesn't like Monsters, Inc. that much, I'm not, like, predisposed to uphold the, you know, what they had going on in Monsters, Inc. so that it doesn't get torn apart by this movie, but I'm also, like... Well, I, I know, think this movie whatever. will completely fall apart if you do that. I think that's the biggest problem with this movie. I think this world is completely different from the one we see in Monsters, Inc. I think... The, there's like the, the obvious standbys that are like of course that's a connection uh, one thought I had while watching this is because Monsters Inc. doesn't imply this at all because you know at the end of Monsters Inc. Uh, laughter has taken over the role of um, scares and then we see the laugh the scare floor and it's all these monsters who were earlier in the movie and now they're just being goofy whereas Monsters U predisposes that there is an improv club, there's a comedy club on campus. Ergo, probably this entire other industry would just be moving in and kicking the scarers out. Think about it. And this actual revolution. But also, that doesn't actually hurt Monsters Inc. at all, because this movie came out 12 years after it did. Ergo, these two movies kind of exist in separate realms. Also, that's evident by the famous thing that people got mad about this movie, is that there's a line in Monsters Inc. where Mike's like, We've been together since the fourth grade, pal! And it's like, everyone was like, that ruins Monsters U. They can't do Monsters U because of that line. Oh. Yeah. Maybe I should have watched Monsters University. No. Well, Monsters Inc. more recently also too because... This movie's better without... I'll be real. Like, I think it's more interesting to discuss this movie without like... And I say this as the person who's bringing all these up. I'm just saying like, there are so many other ones you could bring up where it'd be like this entire episode just be like, this movie doesn't work because it doesn't go along with the, the Bible. Like, you know, like this, the Bible of this... That's, that's like the a term in, like... Um, Maybe that's why I like it Bible more, though, because I'm so, like... I don't pay attention to that. I'm not so nitpicky about movies. I just like the movie. Well, I'm it's not, cute. It's I, fun. I think it's... No, I think the movie is good, too. And I say that I like this movie. It's the issues of... I do... Th and, and I last watched Monsters, Inc. like a year and a half ago for this podcast. It hasn't been that recent we watched Monsters, Inc. So, yeah. It really but, was a year ago, wasn't it? It's crazy. Or almost. Time is, time is relative. Time is a flat circle. Well, anyway, Monsters U. Monsters U. Do we want to move on from the prologue? Yes, please. <laughs> let, let, can we, let, let, let us. Part two, the rest of the movie. <laughs> this movie is very weirdly structured. I feel like it kind of restarts itself like every like 15 minutes for a bit until we finally get to the scare games. If that makes sense. Because like, you got the prologue, it's, yeah, it's about five yeah. minutes. Then it's like, welcome to MU. And then you get, like, the stuff at, like, the, like, freshman orientation. And then it's, like, a montage. And it's, like, here's the end of the semester. And then the movie finally after that starts once more at the Stereo Scare Games. Kind of bringing mm -hmm. up earlier what Mark said. I do like the college feel, though, of, like, going through. I like how it made it, like, trying to find where you fit in and where you belong. And... Well, I'll tell you what I don't like mm -hmm. is the tour guides. I hate them. My tour guides didn't rhyme. I feel like it's very forced that they rhyme. 
F for Monster <laughs> I wish mine walked around rhyming all the time. You could tell that the writers at Pixar are like, they're going to rhyme every part of this tour scene, and people are going to find this hilarious. This is gonna it be never the best comes up joke again. This is going to be the best joke in the movie. You know, I was, um, also, I gotta say, so I'm gonna spoil the best joke in the new Ninja Turtles movie. And by that, I mean, no one's gonna get this joke because everyone's gonna be like, Danny, that's not the best joke in the new Ninja Turtle movie. But there's a moment in this movie where, you know, Mike's going around, it's like all these new clubs, and there's mm-hmm. like the improv club guy, and he's like, look where you can always never, ah, I messed I it up, like no. Joke. <laughs> but in Ninja Turtles, there's this really great joke where they talk about, like, in the third act, you know, they're all about to, like, go face the bad guy. And they're all like, like, um, I always forget the names of the Ninja Turtles, but the, the leader one, the leader one is like, we can all use our strengths. Like, Wrath, you're into anime. And he's like, yeah, we can attack the monster like it's Attack on Titan. And they're like, well, there's one of them who's, like, into improv. And after the anime one goes, we can attack him like the monster in Attack on Titan. The guy goes, yes, and... And then he just moves on very quickly. I was like, I really like that. I I love that he just went, yes, and. And then the movie just moved on. Like, it wasn't meant to be a joke, but it also clearly is a joke about him being given to prop. A little hidden goose egg for you. I, I was really happy. I I, like I, I, I kept saying, like, there's, there's a very minor joke in the new Ninja Turtle movie that gave me goosebumps just because it is the most obvious improv joke, but also it's just in the dialogue. Like, it, it's just there. And I was like, great, I love it. Sneaky. Now I want to yeah. look at who wrote that. I'm just, well, I think I it was Seth Rogen. Seth, Seth Rogen? Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg movie? at least did a pass on it. They have a credit on it. Yeah. Oh my, what? Yeah. Wow. You haven't seen the commercials? The commercials like, from literal teenager, Seth Rogen. Oh, yeah. So I also loved the collegeness of it. And I kind of feel like part of that is that it was a little, like, not what my experience was. I had a very non-celebration-y college experience and part of that was by choice but also part of that was like I didn't have a tour we um well I did I did have a tour but I was always like suspicious of our tour guides and I remember like sneaking away from our group and I watched people play Warhammer but I kind of liked the fantasy of college definitely not my world and I thought that I would hate it for, like, not being like that. But I actually was like, oh, it's, like, candy-colored. And they're going to... S- and everyone's, like, smiling and happy and stuff like that. I-, I was really surprised with myself that that touched me like that. When I was a freshman in college, I was a member of a program called the Achieve Program. And it was just a program I was in because... I got the scholarship that made me had to be in the program, basically. <laughs> nice. Um, and one of the things you had to do, at least your freshman year, was you had to host an incoming person that was... Well, not not someone who had chosen it yet. Like, someone who, like, it was visiting weekend. You got to stay in their dorm with them, and you'd show them around. And I remember that... Question. Part- Did you, Were you part of the Achieve program where you went to stay in someone's dorm, too? No, because okay. I, I went to my... I, I chose my school very late in the... Process. Okay. I actually okay. don't even remember choosing my school, um, which is kind of disturbing in and of itself. Like I don't remember when I picked going to the school. Um, <laughs> Great, but I had this guy who was very kind of he. I you know me, I'm kind of awkward. I was kind of like, yeah, this is our school. Look at how great it is. Yeah, it's great. And then I had my other roommate who I hated um, my freshman year. And but the other roommate was like, "Yo, dude, let's go. You got one of these guys." And he like took that. He took the person I was in charge out, like partying, 
and it was like whatever you know and you know what uh what i didn't think much of it it was like kind of annoying but whatever cut to like a year and a half later i think or you know mark will remember that in my school there was like this big rso called registered student organization called mcm that a lot of us did not like and it was a movie making group yes okay and I think it actually was my junior year. Did you guys go to the same school? Yeah. Oh, okay. we did. Is, so, that, is that how you guys met in college? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 <laughs> just uh, sorry. Just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so then, like, uh, yeah, my junior year, um, I'm living at Kellogg, which is the nice dorm where all the film majors live. That I only live in my first year, but then sophomore and junior year I did. And this guy who's like the vice president of that RSO walks up to me, and I don't recognize him. Although I do know him because we all shit talk them all the time. It's like, but I, I, I just don't recognize him. He's like, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I stayed in your dorm uh, when you were a freshman. And I've always wanted to walk up to you and thank you for helping me pick the school. And I was like, dang, look at me. I'm in, I'm in boyhood right now. Like, <laughs> and wow. Because I remember Julius was there when that happened. And afterwards we were just like, I guess we can't make jokes about that scene in Boyhood anymore where the guy walks up and is like, I'd like to thank you for helping me out. <laughs> and putting my life Because <laughs> that just happened. <laughs> anyway, that's what came to mind wow. when we were talking about introducing people around. Because I never was a tour guide, really. But I did have to do that thing. Where apparently I heavily influenced someone who became multiple friends of mine like referred to as like my arch nemesis or something like that. I well, didn't have so- like oh no you go. Oh no 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 please I'm going. Oh I was gonna say I didn't have a tour guide either, but we went to like something that was like a month prior to like the first day of school and that's when they showed us around. And I just remember there was a girl in my group and like we were all going around and you only say what you like, what you like to do. And she said she was a pyro <laughs> And I just remember everyone, like, after, like, went, they all went out together to hang out with her. And I was just like, I don't know why everyone wants to be friends with the pyro. <laughs> it just scared me a little. What does that mean? Fire. fire. They want to, she wants to play with fire. And I was like, like, that's, that's what she said. Her fun fact was, I'm a pyro. <laughs> oh, she's like, um, like she just she's wants like a to fire, play fire enthusiast. Yeah, I, that was like a, a, she's like a, she's the J. Robert Oppenheimer of our time. I was like, where did I just pick to go to school? <laughs> I was like, I, this is not where I want to be. Oh, uh, there's like some like <laughs> kind of offensive adjacent term for that that I. Oh, um. <laughs> like, let me drop some slurs here. <laughs> let me go through my rolodex of slurs until we think of the one. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's I thought of it, and it's pyromaniac, and I had to. I was oh, yeah. like, is that like a sign that I don't know about? And I don't know if that's no, like. She definitely was. Well, my older brother was kind of a pyromaniac type of person. He was like, he's that type. Of, well, he is. I don't know why I say I he mean, that's was. Fine, but like, no, he's a he. He was the type of person where like it, like a tornado was going. Like, oh sweet, let me go stand in the driveway and like watch a it. Fun fact, though, that you're introducing. I don't know. It just scared okay, me. Okay, uh, now now <laughs> I see what you're saying. That it, it was like it's a strange way to like. Get to know people. Were yeah. you in like a mixed group? Was everyone there yeah, in the same? Yeah, it was major? like it's like freshman orientation. So we went like a month before school started, and then they show us around campus. But you were with a group all day, and this was just mm. a girl in my group. And then you were all supposed to like stay in a dorm overnight, but I didn't want to do that because it was I. Spooky. Yeah, so I just went back with my mom and mm-hmm. stayed in our hotel. 
<laughs> That's the way to be. I was scared. But like, so now we have all these stories of like the imperfections of the college admissions process. And I don't think this movie captures them at all. I don't. Yeah, this movie, it's not real well, enough. This, Although well, this movie, I feel later like later on. I feel like this movie exists in. I mean, and it's fine that it does. I don't think this is actually a flaw of the movie. But the movie doesn't exist in a college world. It exists in a college movie world. It exists, like, in a world where it's like, ah, yes, the college movies of the 80s that everyone watching this who's a child has definitely seen. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. No, I I agree. I'm sorry I did the thing to you. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, that's just a very good point. I think this movie has three second sections. There's the beginning section, which is everything we talked about at this point. There's the middle section, which is the scare games. And then there's the ending, which is the best part of the movie. Um... <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like what to dissect here. Really, I think Helen Mirren's good in it in general. Uh, yeah. I think her first. I think the end of the first half, the first third, is very good when she kicks them all out, the both out of the scare program. Um, yeah. I also mean to be clear, it's not just her. I think the animation on that character is really good. I love mm-hmm. the design. I love how I love how in the like Monsters Inc. world. These monsters can be, and I think it's also really shown, like you know, in the very end when they show like a young water noose. That's so stupid to me. What's more funny about these monsters is how like Mike pretty much looks the exact same his entire life, except he's marginally bigger than like when he's not a baby. And it's like I could just view like Hard Scrabble always looking as old as she does, cause she'd be just as scary. She'd be like you know like as like a monster in the Monsters Inc. world. Um, which is why, again, I'm like, the, the afro bit at the end of Waterness is kind of like, all right, whatever. Um, but Yeah. I do think that the movie accurately captures what feels like the very real pressures of success and failure in college. Like, you can, like, that, all of that can actually happen to you, kind of. You can, you can fail out of something, which is exciting. I failed a class. I'll admit to it. I had a thought watching this movie where it was no like, shame um, in that. Nope. I think what's really interesting about the college system, in general, is you know tuition is obviously expensive, um, which is interesting in and of itself that um, schooling is expensive. But also, what is interesting to me is like you know you can get like in this movie. This I'll just use this movie as an example, but this is like a real thing that happened anywhere. Is like. You can get accepted to a school to be in the scare program, right? And you're going to be mm-hmm. spending however many, how much, I don't know how much money, what money is in the Monsters Inc. world, but I'm sure there is money and commerce and, and economy. But they're going to spend all that money and then they get kicked out, but they can't drop out until the end of the year, it appears to be, right? Mm-hmm. So they're stuck doing stuff they did not sign up for. And I also started thinking, you know, like how gen ed courses are stupid. Well, like, that does everything, too. It's, like, they're in that course that's, like, what, canister design? Or it's, like, this is such a waste yeah. of, like, $700. Like, I, that's what I was thinking about during this entire segment. It's, like, it's not only that they failed, but it's, like, maybe maybe um, Sully got a graduation, not graduation, a scholarship off his name. But even then, that scholarship would be pulled if it's not for the SCARE program. So this is all I'm thinking about during this segment of the movie. Is like, dang, they're wasting their time and their money here. The student debt yeah. they're going to have to get off. And if you think about it, the end of this movie has a lesson. But the other lesson that could be done very it is it's okay they got expelled. Because look at how well they're succeeding without student debt. With Yeah. No, I agree. I, lo- <laughs> I love that that's how the movie ends. Well, I, and... I think there's other great parts of the ending, too. I don't actually want to get to the ending yeah. yet, if that's okay. Because I think yeah. the ending is... 
something that's worth dissecting in so many directions. I'm more talking, yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, but just, there's, like, the central thing of the movie is that, the like, the conflict is all based around your inherent ability, which is really fascinating to me. I, I think that's a misread, though, a bit, personally. I, that's okay. Well, <laughs> I... I, I, I uh, I mean, I guess we can get into it, but I think I disagree because I think, I think that I'm right, but then I'm also like the movie. The movie just complicates that, but in the end, it's it's like, oh, you find your place, but Mike is never actually scary, and that's something that he struggles with for the entire film. And obviously, we understand that they were accepted into the scare program, and that is such a big deal for them. I know that for me it would be like crushing to go in for a major or something and just completely fail and obviously mike discovers other abilities that he has but that is something that happens to him in the movie but it's the key thing though that's on the screen. key thing that's fascinating to me about it isn't that he discovers new things that he's good at it's that he discovers what he's good at but then denies it that is what makes this movie so the see now we are going to talk about the ending. I guess I guess we just we just have to, but it's fine. I think the message of this movie is so interesting to me because it's it, it could be very summed up to like it, it's when you're a kid, right? Like I'll, I'll just talk candidly here. You know, when I was a kid, I always wanted to become a great filmmaker. That was always like my dream was to make good. Mo- like make a great movie by like the time I was whatever like 20, 50 I don't remember what, what timeline I put on it was like I'm gonna make a great movie around the time Steven Spielberg made Duel I don't know that's I feel like that's or or that or the one I always heard from art like you know people when we were in school I want to make a great movie like by around the time like PTA made Boogie Nights you know like that was like the goal everyone had um, PTA made Boogie Nights when he was twenty eight right or twenty seven something like that. P- PTA right. is Paul Thomas Anderson, who also yes. directed their will. You just looked over and you're like, P- <laughs> you I'm just like, PTA over is the parent teacher affiliation. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, but like, by the way, they, they directed Boogie Nights. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> the, the parent teacher <laughs> directed Boogie Nights. <laughs> anyway, but you know, you go, like, you go into school with this attitude where it's like this is what I've dreamed of my whole life this is what I did I was like I'm gonna do this stuff and then you know you pick up a camera and you realize you don't know anything about it and you've always been terrible with technical stuff and then you realize I really like writing or I realize I really like writing but it's not only that I like writing I don't like writing movies I like writing dialogue which makes me find that like initially I'm like well I can just write dialogue driven movies things because I still always like I think it's pretty safe to say that as a person even though I'm probably a better play well I am a better playwright than I'm a screenwriter I still would rather go watch a movie than go see a play probably for me which is its own little bit of contradictions I still haven't figured out but no I feel the exact same way (laughs) yeah it's like it's really hard and it's also really hard for me to write a play that like follows the rules of a play where it's like it all supposed to be one area and i'm like oh can't i just jump around a bit please like can't can i cross cut in the middle of my play can i do that and be like, you can you, you i'd can't. love to, now we're kind of goading into like the technical stuff i mean you can't cross cut in a play it's you have you know lights up on them you know but yeah yeah but you've kind of got to get like people who know what they're doing on the stage though yeah but 
Um, what was I going to say? Oh, Sam, I'm sorry. You're about. You were like about to say something. I thought. No, 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 no. I'm just. No, listening. well, but the yeah. thing is, like with this movie, <laughs> I think it's so good because like Mike does discover he's a good leader, but he views himself still as just a good leader, and that makes him a good scare. Because if he can lead all these scarers to greatness, that means he inherently must be a good scarer too. Because he's doing it. Like he got he got art and what's it squishy to be scary. So he's gotta be scary if he could do that with them, right? And this movie is like, no, and you're good at other things. But then when he discovers he's good at everything, he still is like, it doesn't matter. This is all I've ever wanted to be. Like, I, I do, don't care that I'm the best coordinator. Like, that that's irrelevant to me. And I think that is what makes that ending so real to me. It's like the denial. The denial of, of what you are good at because you don't want it to be. You still have your dream. You don't want to give up your dream. And that is what makes this ending so brilliant to me. Because it is a message that I remember, you know, this came out the same year as Frozen. I remember the big message. People would always, would truncate this message into like, don't hold on to your dreams for too long. Which is a, a way to put it. But I just think it's such an interesting message to put in a movie for children. Which is a message, I, it's kind of like soul for me. Where it's like, it's got a message in it that I feel like it's hard to hear at any age. Uh, and I don't think kids can even process what the message of Monsters U is. Because I also think, you know, with solely I think what I also love about the ending is this one there's this bit in the the scene it's just a very quick exchange but something that I always wish were in exchanges like this in movies and they rarely are it's when Sully is like Mike I know exactly what you're feeling and he's like how could you like what are you even talking about and I'm so used to that being like unremarked on like just being like I know how you feel man and just like start talking and the real lash out of being like what are you even talking about you come from this place of privilege and I, I look at that scene where they're by the lake, like the scene by the lake. That is like, by and far, like the the that scene in and of itself, like, might be better than anything in Monsters Inc. Like in the original movie. The issue is everything else around it. But that scene to me cuts so much deeper to who these two characters are, and it's a it's not even a real fight. It's a real like revealing of who they are to each other I and mean, that's you know how the scene ends like michael Sully's like well we weren't ever friends before this but like that scene is so raw <laughs> and so real in a way you never expect to see from something like this um and as i said yeah. it's like a, it's a scene where it's like it's a message that is hard to really because you know you watch that scene as a kid you're like well but that's not going to be me you know like as a kid and I remember I saw this in like 2013, like a year before I went to school, when I was still, I was already discovering in high school, I liked theater a lot. I was still like, well, I'm still gonna be a filmmaker. That's still my thing. Like, you know, you, you get this, you're confronted with the scene, you're not gonna actually contextualize anything from it, I think. I think it's something where it's more like looking back on it as an adult. I think this is a Pixar, <laughs> this is a Pixar movie that is weirdly, even though the humor is still very kiddish, I think it is primarily the messaging is for the adults in the room that might be like, Oh man, I never got to do that thing I wanted as a kid. And it's like, but like, look where you are. What really matters is you found something that you like to do. I, mm -hmm. Basically what I'm saying is this and Soul have like, this and Soul are weirdly the two like adult message Pixar movies. That's, yeah. that's my, that's my filibuster. Yeah. And it, is, and it is why I like the ending so much is that they form, they forge their own path. This is kind of something that they go back on doing in this movie compared to my Monsters, Inc., where everyone kind of has a coach, but you kind of get the sense from this movie that only Mike and Sully are a duo, and they kind of come up with that somehow from their days in the mailroom, which is really exciting to me. And it seems historically that that, that is reflected, like you would have 
the big guy like Sully's dad, who's the star, and then his kid, you'd want him to be great, but just because of life and stuff, things don't work out, but then he becomes, like, great in his own way. It doesn't warm your heart, Sam. <laughs> it <laughs> does warm my heart. I feel like it warms my heart in a different way. Like, I never really had... I never, like, going to school, I didn't have, like, a passion. I, like, switched my major. I, like, I don't know. I just never felt Did really... Did you ever want to look into can development? Yes, can development. I think that might be my new passion. This next... <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Sometimes it's I still think really about going sexy. next school. But, like... <laughs> I never had this, like, hard passion he had, and, like, I wish I did because I just see, like, the drive he had and, like, what he, he just worked so hard to get in for him to just be turned down again and again and again. It's really sad. and it... It's really interesting to watch this movie a couple days after I rewatched Speed Racer because that's a movie about passion and... <laughs> Speed Racer is a great movie. I, I feel like you're laughing because you have never seen. I've Speed never Racer. seen Speed Racer. No, no, well, no. Most people haven't seen Speed Racer. It's okay. Speed Racer is one of the greatest films ever made. Barbie and everything ever all at once would not exist without Speed Racer. Uh, that's my that's my hot take after my Speed Racer rewatch. Um, but Speed Racer is a movie about passion. And it's a movie where like like at the end of the movie, it's 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 you know it's based off an anime, so it's like okay. very like indebted to like the voiceover, like the anime voiceover stuff like that. In the end of Speed Racer, there's like a big like going through his head, all this stuff where it's like, and the big the big important line is like, um, I'm gonna probably someone's gonna listen to this be like, I'm a huge Speed Racer fan, and he butchered this line quote, but it's like, why do you drive? It's because you're driven. And out of context, that sounds really silly, but it's like it's very true for what that movie is. That movie's about that movie's about passion. That movie's about like very specifically, I feel like it's about the Wachowskis trying to become filmmakers and not being sold out by Hollywood. Like it's one of those things where it's so obvious. Like you know, there's some movies where you try to push a meta narrative on it, and you're like, all right. But in this case, it's like, nah, it's it's definitely there. You gotta watch Speed Racer. It's on HBO Max. It's really great. <laughs> I'll add it to my watch list. Yeah, well, I want to. No, I think I remember. I, I was like, do you want to see Speed Racer? And like, I'm not in town. No, not probably. Yeah, but. Anyway, I think it's really interesting to watch a movie like that and then watch this because in Speed Racer it's like you know and it's I, I, this is I, Speed Racer is a much better film than Monster Two, um, but in Speed Racer it's like because he is driven he does manage to overtake the evil corporations and the, everything in the society dragging him down he can still over win and this it's like it doesn't matter if you're driven if you don't have that raw talent now Speed does have that raw talent Mike does not his name is Speed of course he's a good racer. I like that it shows the reality of the cruel world sometimes, though, which is that you just don't always get what you want. If you try sometimes, you just might find <laughs> you get what you need. But I also like that it does show that, like, you can start from wherever and kind of still get to where you maybe want to be because, like you said, they start in the mail room and they work their way up to where they want to be without yeah. school or any other education. So Yeah, and I also think... The thing that's so interesting to me about this also, though, is this movie has this message, but it also, it has its cake and eat it too, right? Because you have that scene at the end where it's like, we all got accepted back in the scare program because we, they were impressed. But the thing was, is like, they didn't cheat the other, the other Uzma Kappa people, who we should probably talk about at some point in this episode because they are the, our main characters <laughs> besides uh, Mike and Sully. But they all do become good scarers, although I stick by that the two-headed one is not that good. They, they probably don't have a career in store, I don't think. I don't think they would either. Yeah, I could see the other two. I could see Squishy and Art having career. Wow. Two-headed one is kind of Would doomed. you guys be scared if Mike Wazowski showed up in your room? Well, no. 
Depends. Is he like a small child that sounds like a 65-year-old man? I mean, I think I'd be a little freaked out if a green one-eyed horn thing just was in my room. Well, what if he's just like, hiya, how's it going? Oh, okay. <laughs> like the girl really said. Wow, it's great to be here in She said, your you room. look weird. That's what she said to him. You look weird. She yeah. didn't scream or anything. Well, but he doesn't even, he doesn't even roar. He goes, grr. <laughs> it's like, all right. Like the movie does show that Mike does have a possible career because at the very end, it kind of explains the difference between what scares kids and what scares adults, which is another thing that I was like, oh, wait a second, can we have like more of that, please? And then the movie I, I think ended. that's another thing where it's like it's really great they don't follow up on this because I think well it's also something I think you know I think Roz. It's one of those things like, why don't they just do this in general? But I think it's like Roz is like, we cannot like go attack humans because like that that is that is the way to our society be completely destroyed by guns or something like that, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. There's there's a lot of stuff in this movie that I'm like, oh, why don't they do this? But then you think about it and then you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, Roz probably is just like, don't no, <laughs> we we don't have that. I do think that Squishy... One thing I think is really funny in this movie is when um, they're doing the scares at the end and Squishies is just like the camera pans over and he's just staring. Because <laughs> it is like, yeah, that would be horrifying, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to give some credit to podcast friend. We would love to have you on. I've definitely talked to you several times. Charlie Day. Um... Return my calls, buddy. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I've never talked to Charlie Day. But I think Charlie Day is very good in this movie. I think You don't think Charlie think, Day is good in this movie? I think they're all great, but I think that he's not... I don't know. He's got a part that is just kind of one note. And it's, it's totally fine. And I like the jokes with him. But I'm much more... I think that the professors are much more interesting people. Well, what I was going to say very specifically though about Charlie Day is, I think his most iconic voice role, of course, is his role as Benny the Spaceman in the Lego movie. And I feel like as Benny the Spaceman, he is just being Charlie Day yelling, Spaceship! 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 And in this, he's like actually putting on a voice. He's got like a weird accent going on. And I like that. I'm like, oh yes, that, that one is... I in, in, in Lego movie, I'm like, oh, there's Charlie Day. And this one, I'm is like... Is he the purple thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh. And this one, I'm like, oh, yeah, the, Charlie Day is one of these guys. Because the rest of them are, like, I think just Pixar animators. I don't think any of the other ones are that famous, if I remember right. No, I don't know if they're animators, actually, but they're not, like, super famous. No, they are famous. Um, I, I looked them up, Show but they're they are. these... Also, these... who is Aubrey Plaza? She's the head of the stair games. Look at how old these top three oh. are compared to the rest of them. It's really funny. Steve Buscemi looks older than Helen Byrne in this picture. Oh my god. I like Nathan Fillion in this also. He's a better villain in this than he is in Cars 2. 3. He's in Cars 3. Oh, you're right. Dave Foley's one of them. Yeah, they got Dave Foley. They've got... Sean Hayes. Sean Hayes. And then Joel Murray, whose work I'm not super familiar with, but he's got a really big Wikipedia. Wikipedia page. He's not mad, man. He was the voice of Chester the Cheetah. (gasps) <gasps> that's oh yeah <laughs> that's iconic yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't know yeah for the cheetah. yeah the the bus is driver he? is um oh of course he's like the, he's the he's Don Carlton okay Sales. the bus driver is Lori Allen if anyone knows who that is Bill Hader's in this too me. oh well Lori Allen is Pearl in Spongebob 
but she's also like this really famous oh. video game villain. Huh, and that's interesting. I didn't realize Kelsey Grammer had been um, cast as Water Noose in this. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't realize that that was ever a thing. But anyway, I think the movie showing that the professors are not just one-note people, but that they can be both scary and yet kind and also kind of friends with each other is very nice to see that even in this cartoon candy world, like, the professors aren't the butts of jokes, except for the one guy who is, but, like, mostly not, and I think that's a nice shift from other college movies. Can we talk about the worst character in this movie? Perhaps. Who is That's it? Squishy's mom. I hate Squishy's mom. She's pretty irrelevant. She's annoying. She's, she's annoying. Just, she's just there to walk in and be like, Hello, I gotta go do laundry. And she's like, their getaway driver. But all the jokes of her are obvious. It's like, we're a monster, so we're gonna listen to Screamo music. So I wanna have also a little look behind the camera here. Sam, when she told me, I asked if you wanted to be on Monsters U, she said, Oh, I love that movie where, like, the mom puts on the screamo music. That's so funny. Anyway, I hate that scene. Um. She's not listening. It's funny. It's not. It's funny because she's a mom. She's not listening to screamo because she's a monster. But she is. I think monsters. Well, then are you saying all monsters only listen to screamo music? I mean, I mean, we see in the sequel that the deo- the sequel monsters they come, they, they they put on deodorant that smells like wet dog. Ergo, I can see that I can assume that like screamo music is like, well, no, because if you think about it, then then there's a person in the quad who's on the guitar going sunshine and rainbows and flowers. See, that's why it's funny because the mom should be listening. But to something maybe like that, that person. Music. Is in like maybe that's like what a goth person looks like in the Monsters universe. Oh, if you think about it, Aubrey Plaza is like the goth monster. Like there's the goth sorority, and they seem pretty cool. I think that that joke kind of came out of nowhere. I had forgotten that <laughs> monsters were weird, and so I do actually kind of feel you, Danny, when she puts that music on. I'm like, wait a sec, what are the rules of this world? Oh yeah. <laughs> I so also I, I do though I will say the one thing I do like about the mom is at the end where it's like, oh yeah now we're gonna date and that's like very clearly played for like the most like this is so weird vibes ever and I was like, all right I like that good good job movie making this weird that's okay I'll allow that. What do you mean weird? They're bros. It was weird and it then they started weird. making the. It, they made it really weird. <laughs> they made it really weird at the end. So Don, the president of the Uzma Kappa fraternity, marries Squishy's mom at the end of the film. That's what we're talking about. So they're brothers. Squishy's mom, which his name is Sherry. So they're brother. Mm. He's his brother and his dad. <laughs> I I do actually think what he says <laughs> is funny though. Don is like. Oh, that makes me your brother and... Oh, what is... I can't even remember what he says. He says no. he's put, he says it really funny. That's what I was talking about. It was something really creepy. <laughs> That's what makes it great. It's like... Otherwise, I'm like, I wouldn't be okay with this. But since they're leaning into it so hard, that makes it, like, funny. <laughs> um, yeah. But I don't know. The Uzmec... I, I think the scare game stuff is really boring, personally. I don't know. It all feels very obvious to me. Like, the jokes aren't there. Like, I think about, like, the... Don't get messed up by the librarian scene. I'm just, like, so bored during that. It's so obvious how it's going to play out. I also yeah. get bothered by the scene where, like, they're throwing the puffy things at their head. And it hits, like, one of their like one of the two-headed monster's heads. And it just makes, like, a bulb on the side of their bulb head. What, why doesn't it just make the whole head big? 
Why? Sam? I don't know. Why? You have know. to answer for the crimes. Um, it should have just combined their heads. That would have been scary. <laughs> that would have been. That would have actually. Why been does this guy have two heads? <laughs> Imagine if, like they lodged it like just in between the two heads, and that's what like combined Ew. them, and they're like, ah! That would yeah, actually. Be I think really I like this movie a little more because it's. I found Monsters Inc. kind of gross. Why did and, you find it gross? I don't know. I think because it really leans into like how gross they are as monsters, and this is just about people going to school. So. School's dumb though. No, this one was so cute. I felt like this world was like you said. It's very colorful, like peppy, and like the monster world and Monsters Inc was very dark and like dreary. And mm-hmm. if I'm remembering correctly, the like, Monster yeah. World and Monsters Inc is full of monsters. Well, so is Monsters University. They have a restaurant. <laughs> There's not a scene in this movie where you go to the mess hall. These characters never eat. How does it work? They do go to the mess hall. They eat on oh, yeah, camera. Right, they do. Yeah, yeah, there was a whole right, gag about it. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that makes Monsters, Inc. a, a better movie or whatever. It's a better but... movie because it goes to a sushi restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to me. I'm Harry Styles. Mm. All right, let's hear it. Do, do, is that do, do, something sushi that he restaurant song. <laughs> what song is that? The song that played a sushi restaurant. Well, I'm wondering if maybe we have some final thoughts about Monsters U. No? Great. All right. Here at Looking for the Ocean. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. He's got a song. He's doing a dance. All right, all right, all right. Fried rice. I can cook it. Yeah, okay. Are you asking me? What? Is that the Harry Styles song? Yeah. Apparently, I've never heard it. It goes. All right. Do we have any final thoughts about this movie? Well, we didn't talk about the score, which I gotta say, Rainy Newman cooked here. It's really good. I like the score of this movie. What was the score of the movie? It's like, well, it's like the boom. I can do this more. Well, it goes. It goes. I like when you like sing. You also act like you're rapping, but it's a banger. This isn't. This is. This is not recorded through video. Wait, 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 wait. I had other stuff to say. I did have other stuff to say. Scare games suck. Sam, what do you think about that? I liked the action. I still stand by it. <laughs> I liked it the first time. I will say it. The last time, I d- it did lose my interest a little bit. That's because I knew it was going to happen. It is, it is wild think? that they lose every one and they always get kicked out and then not. And it's like... What? I know. I also, I'm going to say I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm really mad Sully kind of like screwed them. And I'm going to say it because just, I wanted to see what how Mike would have done. I just wanted to know. Well, but I'm curious. M- Mike would have lost. But like, even if he, he lost. He would have been like, he would have been like. Like, you don't think he would have like. Imagine if the robot was like. What, imagine if the robot was like, hey, you're kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you look weird. <laughs> imagine oh, okay. if the robot said that. Imagine so, how devastating that would be. In front be. of the whole school. At the yeah. Games. yeah. Oh my god. Okay, maybe it's better than Sully. Yeah. Sully helped his college. I reputation think, yeah, I think Sully actually. It's one of those weird things where it's like, 
Is cheating good? No. Did Sully probably make the right decision for Mike's mental health? I say ultimately yes. I, I can understand that. Morally, he made a bad decision, but for his friendship, I think it was good. Yeah. I think yeah. Um, Mike is... Well, I want to shout out a couple people in this movie. First off, shout out to the person who made the door. I feel really bad for her at the end. They're like, you broke my door! You ruined my semester! I feel really bad for her. <laughs> I feel bad for her. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> uh, shout out to Alfred Molina, who's the other cool professor in this movie, who's like brilliant but lazy to all <laughs> to the Sullivan, which is a line I feel like if the movie came out today would actually be in the film because that's like a Spider-Man meme. One of the many Spider-Man memes is that like in Spider-Man Two he goes brilliant but lazy. No, <laughs> um, he does. I do think that... I actually think... I don't think we... I gave enough credit also. I think Sully's arc here is really good, actually. I, I know mm -hmm. I gave, like, lip service to, like, how at the end of the movie, it's like, hey, like, look at me. I'm a, I'm so... Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm the first disappointment in my family. Look at me. And he's like, shut up. I don't want to look at you. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, it's good stuff. No, I do think, like, it's hard to single anything out at the end because it really is... Uh, it is about characters really earning these deep moments that they have in the last few minutes. I was gonna so. say I like the Rand Randall. 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 I like that they show where he forever has his beef with. Um... Oh, I thought you were gonna talk about the bit where it's like he takes off the glasses and that's what gives him his because <laughs> <laughs> monsters have not invented contact lenses, even though. This doesn't make any sense if you look back at the first movie, because the first movie has a bit where Mike puts in his contact lens. <laughs> so... <laughs> well, maybe he's like James T. Kirk, and he's allergic to them. Oh, oh that's a good point. I did just watch the f two and three of Star Trek. Gosh, Danny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I should, I should be up to date on my James T. <laughs> Sullivan stuff. Yes. I know it's James P. Um... Don't come after this, him. No, what were you going to say about Randall before? I, I was going to say that I like that they show where his, like, his the beef. moment where their beef starts. The moment where it all started. The whole plot of the second movie of think, him, like... I think I alluded... Plot, it's so like, funny. To re I, I know, I've been doing it too, but referring to it as the second movie is really funny. The second... Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Monsters, like... <laughs> um, but, um, what was I going to say with, um... I, I mentioned this earlier. I like the George Sanderson cameo. Which I don't know if you guys recognize. George Sanderson is the, my favorite monster in Monsters Inc. He's the one who's in the scene I have memorized because it was the scene on the deleted. I was on the DVD where it's like breakdown of a scene where you'd watch the same scene over and over again, and it was like the twenty-three night scene where it's like keep the doors coming, Charlie. I'm gonna roll today. The guy who like gets his like back shaved by the CDA in the first movie. Anyway, he's on the cheating team in the first thing, and like they go out of the way to show like him like they throw something on him and then rip it off and like rips off her and he goes. Ah! It's really funny. Good cameo. For the, for the fans at home. And what else was I going to say about Randall? I was going to say, oh, there's one bit with Randall I hate. It's when he makes the cupcakes. Oh, I don't get it. And then it lands on him to say lame. And I'm like, oh, wow, you're so clever. I guess oh, Be My part. Pal has the letters that spell out lame. Oh, oh. You can tell there was an animator really proud of that. Actually, there probably wasn't. I shouldn't blame an imaginary person in the world for a bad joke. I don't even remember that joke. It's a bad yeah. one. I only remember when he first shows the cupcakes and then the the P is upside down or impale. 
And he's like, that yeah. be my doll. That could have been embarrassing. And he turns it. Be my doll. Yeah. Maybe be I maybe my, I didn't like. You actually are saying there was a real joke there, and I was just like, look at this shot of cupcakes, and I'm like looking at upside-down pee. I have a question. Do you think this movie changes the way we think about Pixar? I it think... did not change anything for me. Whoa! Why? Why didn't it change anything? you tell me this entire movie happened and nothing changed. No. This movie was like you watched it for 103 minutes and you were like, it's like I didn't nothing even has watch changed. Anything. <laughs> you're like, you're like, wow, look, look at these bright colors in front of me. Interesting. All right, I'm gonna go to Cedar Fort tomorrow. Yep. yep. <laughs> well, that's. I mean, that's fine. I think I'm surprised that it went as deep as it did, but I think that this is a perfectly fine thing to show children. And I think primarily it is a perfectly fine thing to show children. I guess there are some pre-soul things in it, like you said. Is there pre-onward stuff, though? I have no idea, because I haven't seen Onward. We're looking at Onward. Sam, what's in this movie that could be found in Onward? I posit the only thing is laundry, because the mom does laundry in Onward, I'm pretty sure. She does yeah. laundry. Yeah, laundry. With just pants. <laughs> Too bad about Tom Holland. I don't like him. Oh, okay. Too bad about Tom. They could have cast someone else. I don't like. Him. They could have cast someone else. <laughs> I thought you meant something happened. To yeah, it. too bad. Too bad about Tom Holland. The movie would be better if the 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 um the elf kid or whatever his name. I think his name. No, no. Chris Pratt plays someone named Barley. I don't remember what the name of Tom Holland's character is. Barley. But imagine if they had just animated the umbrella sequence. Not the blue umbrella, but like the Tom Holland umbrella. Oh my Tom gosh! Imagine they had the the elf do that in all oh, of dancing. That's right. Yeah, that would have been amazing. <laughs> Imagine if they animated the pants doing <laughs> just the pants. <laughs> I Tom Holland seems like a perfectly fine dude. Anyway, that's our final thought on Monsters. You, <laughs> we have to give the movie something. <laughs> I know. I just wanted to wrap it up with with something nice, but now we do like the to give the movie something. The, well, I thought we could say something nice about Tom Holland, and just go on from there. But okay. Danny doesn't like Tom Holland. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that worst. Doesn't, it doesn't Spider-Man work if Danny doesn't like Tom Holland ever. <laughs> I just saw that clip oh. again. Which um, one? It's not Tom Holland, it's not even like a bad, it's just funny where Andrew Garfield is like, <laughs> it could have been a spider woman. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I, I always think about, there's the scene in um, The Amazing, and we've talked about some of our podcasts way back when at The Amazing Spider. Also, I always pimp this episode. I have to, I always have to episode when The Amazing Spider-Man comes up. is The best episode of Wise with Ty and Dan, if you ever want to go back to my old podcast, well, it's not the absolute best, but one of their best ones is the Amazing Spider-Man 1 episode, where we invite on Kevin Lau, who told us he liked the movie, because we couldn't find anyone who liked the first Amazing Spider-Man movie. And then, basically, me and Tyler spent the first 30 minutes telling him he's terrible for liking the movie. And he's finally like, calm down, guys, calm down. So I gave it a 6 out of 10. And we're like, like a 3 out of 5, 6 out of 10, that's like a, like a D. And I'm like, well, not really, but if you're going to say we can knock the movie more than we will, and it's just us basically bullying him for like an hour and a half for even remotely having anything positive to say about oh the movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the, thing, the reason I bring that up is I remember when that <laughs> I remember when that movie where it's like Uncle Ben goes, when something bad happens and you're there, you got to be responsible for it. It's, it's something like that. 
<laughs> he doesn't say with great power comes great responsibility. He says like the most like awfully worded way to say it. <laughs> if something bad happens and there's power, you have power and you do nothing. That's not a good thing. <laughs> something like that. Oh, he really. They really put on it. the line. <laughs> Well, here at Looking for the Ocean, we like to give the film something. Now, a lot of people give a film like a star rating or a number rating or give it two thumbs up or something like that. We don't like to do that. We like to actually give the film something. So we ask, if you were to give the film like a physical object, perhaps as a gift, what would you give it? And we do, you know, if you have something, go for it. We don't usually like to let the guest, or we don't like to make the guest go first because it's Thank such a you, weird ask. Thank you, I appreciate ask. that. But you don't really have something. <laughs> I'd like to give the movie bronchitis so I don't have it anymore. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I'd like to give Mike a new car, but very specifically the Mach 5 because of speed can be driven. Because he's driven, Mike can at least have a nice fast car. Well, I don't know how on fucking earth you came up with car like a split second before I came up with it. But I'm also going to... Mike's gonna... new car, that's why. Mike's new car is what we... No. Oh, I'm... no. Well, I'm giving it a car too, darn it. A car! A brand new car! And it can be are the Mach gonna... 5, but I just why think you... that because... You're not allowed to it... get a car. Why are you guys giving it a car? Because there's well... a short film where Mark gets a car. That's why I'm giving it a car. <laughs> Well, I'm gi I'm giving the movie a car because because they got it kicked out of school. They're gonna need they need a car. They're probably well, gonna they, need some Uber. Apparently, they have really nice public <laughs> transportation in Monster World. But I want to give it a car because the one thing that this movie didn't show about the good air quote college experience is when you get to leave. And I want to give it a car so they can have a weekend off and drive through the foresty about, hills. Like, I love the that. movie doesn't really address how squishy is a townie. Oh. Should I do like that? I do, bro. We didn't. We didn't talk about how their house looks exactly like your house did. My mom's. Your mom's house. I've yeah. never yeah. seen their houses. Yeah, it does nope. look like your mom's house. Well, the house that Danny lived in with some people in the town where we went to. It school. was named your mom's house. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> not, not your mom's house. Yeah, <laughs> you're really like looks just like your mom's house work. <laughs> 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 well, I don't know. I can't believe we, like, blew over that part of the movie. I don't know if I have that much to say about it, but it is I do think it's really... I wonder how rich is. Squishy's mom is, if you think about it. Because she has all this extra room in her house to house all these college students. Maybe they pay her. But it's a sorority house. Well, they pay dues. Fraternities pay dues. They have to pay, like, amounts. Well, we all know that Mike there. and Sully were there for, like, a week. Yes, yeah, this is true. <laughs> they got scratched there for a week. Also, I actually that was something you should talk about. Did you ever do a fr fraternity or sorority? Because I didn't. I was in like a service one, so it wasn't like a. It was fake. It wasn't real. Fake news. Fake sorority. We didn't have a house or anything. No rushing or anything like that. No rushing or dragon. I was yeah. really scared off of that by the social network, so I didn't want to make it part of my life. I just think about how different my life would be if I was in a fraternity, because then I'd be way more drunk. But you'd you'd have like brothers <laughs> to get drunk with. I have brothers. I have two. I'm the middle one. Sam doxed me and looked them up the other day. Are you not allowed to look up information about your coworkers? Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I just wanted to know. Oh, I don't mean that like ironically. I'm just not sure. <laughs> We're gonna fight right now. <laughs> 
I thought it was reasonable. He didn't like it though. Well, I was it was uh it was something where it got me annoyed because it was like I don't know. I have this thing where it's like, um, I you know I very purposely did not go to where my brothers went to school because I was really so as the middle child. You know, my older brother, I was with him for when I was a junior, when I was a freshman and a sophomore. And then my younger brother, because of how our ages are, is like he was there my junior and senior year. So it's like I never had any identity by myself. And I really don't like when people are like, oh, you look just like your brothers. I'm like, I don't like that because I, like, I don't like looking like anyone. I like to look like myself. I don't have good self-esteem. Stop comparing me to people who are more successful, Sam. I wasn't trying to compare. <laughs> I just simply wanted to know. You are like, you were like, oh, wow, your older brother looks cooler than you and your younger brother looks cooler than you. You're the lamest person yeah, ever, Danny. Yeah, I really that shit out of him after I saw his brothers. I just assumed everything about their life and was like, ha, ha, ha. I was like, wow, so. he probably <laughs> makes like at least 100 grand more than you do a year. I was like, you're right. You're right. Grand more than me too. Like... <laughs> <laughs> It must be nice to have successful <laughs> right? people That's in their what I think. It must be nice for your parents to have actual successful children. No. <laughs> Everyone is successful in their own way. And that's what this that's... movie's about. Yeah, okay, but tell Here... that to, tell that to Sully's parents when they found out his third kid got expelled. I know what I would like to give to the to the movie. Oh my so, god. Images of my brothers, because I'd rather you no, not. <laughs> but I only want to get what's their what's their fraternity called again? Uzma Kappa. Uzma Kappa, I would like to give to them a visit from the queer five. <laughs> <laughs> from Queer Eye. <laughs> Alright. I think that their lives are gonna be better for I feel like the two headed one would just join them. I, I'm just saying I feel like the two headed one would just just join them. Or art, one of those two. What <laughs> Squishy's the obvious like subject. I feel like, like, you know what I mean. Like, Squishy's the one who did actually like help, and the other two would just join and become like the seven or eight. I guess seven and a half. I don't know how to count the two added one. I don't know. Mm. Well, that's a very good gift. This was lovely, thank Sam. Thank you for being on. Thanks for having me, guys. Wahoo! Um, wow. We have. We have people on here who need to, like, promote themselves sometimes, so we ask them to, like, give their Instagram. You may do that if you like. I don't know if you've got art projects <laughs> or you are running for public office or you want people to find no. you. Okay. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing uh, that. That's, that's... I'm just living <clears throat> my life. <laughs> See you guys around. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Danny, what are we doing next time? Great question. You're watching Asteroid City on Peacock. Um, Am I? Then I don't have should. Peacock. Get Peacock! Why don't you buy it on Vudu? Why don't you share your Peacock with Why me? would I buy... We why would I like buy a Wes Anderson? Oh my streaming gosh, streaming next services. up is the hit classic. Am I reading that right? Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have You're a real 707 <laughs> with a large 11. I will say, I remember seeing planes. What? We should I remember seeing planes in. Play. I remember seeing it. I remember seeing it. I remember the first time I ever saw it, I saw it in. <laughs> we should have had you up in planes then. I couldn't find anyone who hasn't seen planes. <laughs> I seen planes. I saw it in theaters, and I remember I saw it with one of my best friends, and there's just a scene in it where the, <laughs> the plane guy is flying, and he looks at the other plane. What? I don't know, and he just looks at him, and they're like racing. And he just goes, 
hey. Do they like crash into and, a mountain? No, it's, like, it's not yeah. funny. It was the funniest scene to me. And me and my friend, we cried about it for like 10 minutes in the theater. That, we should have had you on the plane. I didn't was, know you had a connection to play. It was just me and my two friends in the theater alone. And we saw play. Oh, oh, well, yeah. that's perfect. Yeah, it was pretty fun. I've Plans. never seen planes. You'll probably not like it at all. <laughs> I think it's going to be a rough one. But just know the hay scene is coming. The hay scene. <laughs> the hay scene. This movie should have had some hazing. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Coming back. All right. Looking for the Ocean is produced by Mark Young and Danny Vincent. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we the just, show we, was edited <laughs> by Mark Young. Our original artwork was designed by Sarah Knopf. You can follow us. Let's read that. We'll try that one. Oh, no. You can follow us on social media at Facebook, Looking for the Ocean. Instagram, at Looking for the Ocean Pod, and Twitter, slash, at Pixar Journey. You know, side note, on my other show... Where we've banked a lot of episodes. I don't know if she's done this on one of the ones that's out yet, but Sarah's been starting to go at X. Let me tell you, since I have updates not, like, I have updates, like, disabled on my phone, my app still says Twitter. So I will still say Twitter, Elon. You can't make me do anything. <laughs> I'm my own person. I'm going to keep calling it Twitter. The way I'm talking into the microphone, into the camera, is like we are a... Now that anyone's listening can see this, it looks like I'm a personality on, like, YouTube Live being like, this is what's wrong with the world. I guess it's more like Twitch. But anyway. Um, we should do one of those, like, fake podcast recordings. <laughs> and you can and follow us for the ocean pixar.podbeam.com. Yes, there's a website, and there's another website where you can find my stuff, markyoungperformer.com, and it has a page where you can find the new episodes of this podcast. And, and then there's one up, more thing that happens. We're looking up markyoungperformer.com. I'm kidding. Well, we are, but oh. we'll look at it when we're done. Uh, you can follow me, Danny, on Letterboxd at Blankments for all my takes on all the movies. All the movies. Yep. You can also listen to my other podcast, The Snub Club, where we talk about the movies that have the most Oscar nominations and no wins whatsoever. Yes, they just watched Five Easy Pieces, famous Jack Nicholson movie. Speaking of Five Easy Pieces, I'm going to say Five Easy Peace Out, Home Scouts. <laughs> I like yeah. how you just put your fingers up, you didn't say anything. <laughs>